0: Howdy ho folks. Welcome back to the Whitetail Hustler podcast. I meant to get one out well prior to this. Today is December 20th. It's a Wednesday, I believe. I meant to get one out last week, um, but I didn't. I I recorded one and it was the same podcast that I'm going to record now, but my children and my dogs were going crazy downstairs and I listened back to like the first five minutes of it and all you could hear was children screaming and dogs barking in the background. So here we are re-recording it when I have the next available time to record one. Um, like I said, it's December 20th. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of late season strategy, kind of what my thoughts are going into, like, what I'm going to be doing in late season. Um, I know late season has already kind of started, but we still got a couple days, a couple weeks of hunting here ahead, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty of that. Um, <clears throat> but first off, I want to tell you guys... Um, Anybody who listens to this podcast can go to whitetailhustler.com and use promo code pod23 and you'll get 10% off and order whatever you want. You can order everything or you can order one thing. Um, if you use pod23, P-O-D-2-3, uh, you'll save 10% on your whole order. That's just kind of like a thank you to you guys anybody. It's just just an exclusive to this podcast deal for you guys. So, um we'll see what 2024 brings. If I bring that back around most likely, yes, cuz I I'm want to try to grow this podcast and grow the grow it. So, uh you know, we'll see where it goes in 2024. Um but secondly, Old Barn Taxidermy down there in Fort Madison, Iowa. They're supporters of me, Sam and Linda Gaylord. They have a great facility if you're anywhere in Iowa or anywhere, you know, western Illinois. Uh, northern Missouri, northeastern Missouri, um, Old Barn Taxidermy is not that far of a jaunt for you. I've got, I've got a two and a half hour drive down there to Fort Madison, and it is worth every second in the truck, it is worth every penny to go down there and see Sam and Linda. They've got uh, a, the greatest taxidermy experience you could have. You walk in there, you get to see other people's mounts. They crank out mounts like crazy. You get to see turkeys. You get to see waterfowl. And you can kind of peek back into the back room and see some of the gals back there doing their jobs, mounting up some deer, doing art down there. So old barn taxidermy, uh, there. I just that's kind of just like a hey, a big shout out to old barn taxidermy. I don't have a promo code for you guys or anything. You can't save money, but they support me, so I'm gonna support them back. Another clan of guys, um, hornhunterpacks.com. Uh, those are also some people that have supported me um, through this whatever journey. I'm on here. Um, I've been wearing one of their bino harnesses for uh, four years, I think. 2019 is when I started wearing it. Uh, And I never go to the woods without a bino harness or my binoculars or my rangefinder. Even when I go shed hunting, even when I'm scouting, I don't go without my bino harness or my binoculars or anything like that. And they're all right there in my bino harness. So I was wearing a bino harness and they saw I was wearing it in their, um, there goes my dogs again. I'm sorry. They were. Uh, they saw that I was wearing my uh, vinyl harness in one of my TikTok videos, and they're like, "Hey, we want to send you some stuff." Uh, they sent me over a pack, and I had a bougie pack before. I had a XO Mountain Gear pack. It was like my out west um, pack. It in like carried my camp in, carried all my necessities in. Um, it's but it just I was using it for whitetail hunting, but it wasn't great for whitetail hunting. I mean, it's great pack all around, but it just wasn't great for organizing like camera gear. Everything just kind of is thrown in there and it's just loosely flying around, but they sent over their pack horn hunter pack guys did. Uh, they sent me over their full curl light G three combo pack. So it's a frame pack that is designed around, um, whitetail hunting. Um, so you can, you know, you can break it down, and you can just use it as a frame to pack things in and out. Like if you get a big deer down way far back onto public land, you're like, I'm not dragging this sucker out, you can quarter it and throw it on this pack and you're gonna be comfortable on the walk out. But it also has inside the pack, it has just a bunch of pockets that you can stuff a bunch of stuff into. So, I mean, I carry everything in there and everything has its set place. And that's kind of like when I'm carrying all my camera gear, you got your grunt call, you got your knife, you got your gut gloves. Heck, I've even been carrying game bags this year because I've been hunting more public than I ever have in my life. I'm carrying my mobile tree stand on it my saddle setup, my sticks. I mean, I'm carrying everything in that pack and it is working great for me. I've been wearing it for, or using it for about the last month, month and a half. And I don't really have any complaints about it. It's comfy. It gets the job done. So if you're looking for a pack for next year or even, you know, you want to pick something up later in this year, check out hornhunterpacks.com. They've got a bunch of different packs. They've got a variety of price ranges. You can kind of pick and choose what you want to use um, out there but they also have a couple different vinyl harnesses and they have just a bunch of accessories but those are some other guys that support me I want to support them back kind of give them a shout out here on the podcast um, and lastly I want to say thank you to all of you guys who have listened to the first episode of my podcast um, I didn't quite know how I was going to go with the old father on the other end but it turned out pretty good it was, it was fun um, this podcast itself is just me I'm just going to be rambling here um, so just kind of, uh, bear with me while I try to figure out kind of what I'm going to talk about here, but mainly we're going to be talking about what's going to be going on here in the next couple of weeks for late season, what I'm going to be doing, uh, what mother nature is going to be doing. And that's a good place to start. Uh, it does not feel like late season at all. I feel like November weather was a little bit better than what we're having for late season here. So we just got through a little two day, uh, cold front spell that we had. We had temperatures in the high to mid 30s. Um and the lows, I think there was one night where the lows was like 12 degrees or something like that and you know, I I just it's not great. I mean, this time last year we were having a huge polar vortex from Canada reach down into here and it was brutally brutally cold. I mean, wind chills in like the negative 40-50 degree range. It was wild. It made the deer hunting really good, but it made sitting outside um not as great. It wasn't as fun. Excuse me, um, but the future outlook here for the forecast, at least here in East Central Iowa where I'm at, is not looking good. So I'm guessing anybody kind of here in the heartland of the Midwest, you're going to be kind of saying the same things. So let's go over like my local forecast here. Um, highs in the forty, mid forties, the next couple days: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we got 45, 44, 49 for highs. And then going into next weekend, right before Christmas, um, weather is not looking good. We're looking at 53, 54, 54. And then we get into the later part of the year after Christmas, 26, 27, 28, 29th. Um, that's all as far out as I can see, but there is some hope on the horizon. So I'm seeing highs of thirties here, um, later into next week. So 39 on Wednesday, 39 next Thursday, and then Friday, December 29th. We're looking at a high of 35, but in this next week, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's chances of rain like almost every day and the winds are just all over the place. We're looking at east, southeast, south winds, west, southwest winds, and then into later next week when we get those colder temperatures, it looks like there's going to be a cold front pushing through. Um, We're getting those northerly winds again that we kind of hope and pray for, for white-tailed deer hunting, at least here in the Midwest. That's what I set my stands up for. That's what I set myself up for late season for those northerly, westerly winds, those cold Arctic blasts from Canada. Um, So there is hope on the horizon, but the next, you know, seven days, it doesn't look great weather-wise. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be having time off here, for Christmas and the new year and stuff, but around new year's is I think, um, going to be the best part of late season for us. Hopefully, you know, the last 10 days we, we closed January 10th here in Iowa. So hopefully the last 10 days of the season, we go, we're getting some better temperatures. I'm hoping for snow, quite honestly, hopefully with that cold front coming in towards the latter part of the year, we're going to get some snow. I think right now there's so much residual acorns. There's so much mass crop on the ground whether it be grain fields, um, alfalfa fields, acorns, honey locust pods, just natural browse in general. I think there's so much of that still running around out there that the deer just are not concentrated. And that's what I'm seeing. My cameras have been just absolutely horrendous for deer movement lately. So I'm hoping we get some snow and it kind of pushes these deer to go to more easily accessible food sources. So, you know, cut, grain fields, um, alfalfa fields, stuff like that. So they get out of the timber and you can actually see something, you know, but mother nature is just not, um, being nice to us right now. Um, she hasn't really been nice to us the last two or three years, except for last year, we had a really big polar vortex. I believe in 2021, we even had a real cold spell towards the beginning of uh, December there. I shot a buck, I think on December 6th, and it was like negative, 13 degrees outside with like 30 mile an hour winds. It was aggressive. We just haven't seen anything like that yet this year. And I don't, I think there's just a combination of so much food. I know we've been getting hit hard with EHD. I've found a couple deer. I know a lot of other people are finding a lot of deer dead. I think EHD, just the amount of food. <sighs> the deer just seemed to be non-existent this year. Um, so my, my strategy, let's get into my strategy for what I'm going to be doing with the old smoke pole in hand. I had a, a plan. I had a deer that I was looking to go after for late season. He was showing up great towards the latter part of November. I uh, just, he had to make it through shotgun season, big, uh, big mainframe eight point that I had been watching for the last couple of years. Um, he was probably pushing, uh, you know, mid fifties as a, a Eight point. He had a little G four on his right side, so he was a nine this year. And then he had a little kicker at the base of his brow time, but I can't remember if he broke that off sometime this year or not. It's hard to tell in some of those cell camera videos and stuff. But unfortunately, that deer was shot, um, so that kind of screwed the pooch on what my plans were going to be for late season. So the last I hunted yesterday, which was the first day that I've hunted late season, second day of season itself. Um, so my my plan is hunt public. I don't have any private land deer right now that, um, are mature are big enough for something that I want to chase. So I'm kind of just running all over the place, trying to find something for late season. Yesterday I sat on a, like a 400 acre piece of public. It didn't look like I had a ton of pressure. I knew that there was going to be some type of food source on this public. So on X, they have that recent imagery feature where you can turn on, on your maps and you can see like a very, very grainy, low quality picture, um, satellite image, of the area. And I could tell that there was some type of food on this public. And I was guessing it was going to be turnips. So I walked this property three years ago or so with a buddy and we walked these and like, I think it was October. We walked it and these fields. Um, one of the, there was only one field there at the time. It was, uh, I don't know if it was planted or not, but it was not looking good. If it was planted, it just didn't have the turnips or whatever was growing. It was just basically bare dirt. Um, so we kind of scrapped the idea of, you know, paying attention to that property very much. Um, but I was just, you know, looking around on Onyx, trying to figure out a place to go, a place out of the way, a place people wouldn't think to go. Um, and that place popped back into my mind. So I looked at it on Onyx and saw that there was some food source in there. So I went in there yesterday and it's a it's a pretty good well hike back into there. I think it was about three quarters of a mile to a mile hike to where I was hunting And the fields were turnips this year. So I, you know, I walked the edge of each field. They're not very big fields, maybe two or three acres a piece. Um, And there was deer tracks all over. The deer had been eating the turnips. I figured, you know, I'm here. I'm not going to hike back out. I might as well hunt. I wasn't seeing buck sign. I wasn't seeing scrapes. I wasn't seeing any rubs. It was kind of discouraging, but I was like, you know what? It's, you know, a couple days after shotgun season, who knows what got pushed into here. Hopefully I can get lucky and, you know see a bunch of deer tonight. And, you know, it's this sec second day of a cold front the coldest weather we're going to have. Maybe these deer are going to be on their feet. Um, I sat there from like two o'clock and it wasn't till about 10, 15 minutes before it got dark that the deer started filing out and it was just doze upon doze upon doze. not a single antler. I didn't see an inch of bone last night. So that wasn't uh, very encouraging. So I kind of scrapped that that piece off the list for this year at least. Maybe I'll go back there um next year hang a camera in there so, or somewhere, maybe do some scouting here during shed season just to see if, you know, maybe there is bucks in the area. I mean, it looks great. It's big river bottom property. It looks great. It has the habitat to hold, you know, a good buck in there. It's just I got to do a little bit more scouting on that piece. So here, maybe tonight I think I'm going to head back out that way. And hunt a different piece that my buddies hunted um, a little bit during late season. Uh, Last year, there were some standing beans on the property. This year, there's standing corn. Um, But we just don't have the weather to really you know, set up over top of those crop fields and hope to catch a big mature deer on his feet um, during daylight. I think I'm going to have to get aggressive, kind of look at the maps, figure out, okay, where could these deer be bedding? And kind of push in closer to the bedding, hoping not to bump some of those fringe deer on those bedding areas back into the bedding and spook everything out. But I think I have nothing to lose at this point. I have a, if I want to shoot a deer, I've got to be aggressive. I think with these warmer temps, that's all you can do. Um, You just got to get in there deep onto these deer close to these deer. So hopefully if there is a big mature buck hanging around in there somewhere, you'll get a glimpse of him or even get a shot at him um, within the last couple minutes of daylight. Cause these bucks aren't going to be moving far. They don't have, we don't have the temperatures. Yes, they've gone through the rut. They've depleted um, a lot of their body fat, a lot of their body mass. Um, so they have to eat. But like I said earlier, we've there's just a ton of forage for them. They don't have the the snow cover to hide those acorns, to hide that mass laying on the ground inside the timber. It's not forcing them out to the crop fields, although the crop fields are the easiest place for them to get food. There's also a lot of other deer out there. This time of the year, those bucks are coming down off their testosterone. Uh, they're first off, they're antisocial. They don't want to be around big uh, other deer, especially the big big boys. So you gotta kind of figure out where those big big boys are living and get close to them because they're not going to want to be social. They're not going to want to go out to those crop fields unless Mother Nature gives them a reason to. They've got to replenish that nutrients and that body mass that they've lost throughout the rut. So they're going to be eating. So that's the main focus right now is food. But like I said, with with no snow and no cold weather, there's food everywhere for these deer. So you just kind of got to get lucky or you got to put a bunch of time in to try to find something. So that's kind of like what I'm doing here um, leading up to Christmas. Hopefully, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to take some cell cameras into some public and just kind of get some more intel throughout. While I can't be there sitting every single day, you know, go in there, do a evening hunt, hang a cell camera on the way in and hope that, you know, towards the latter part of the season, I find a deer that interests me and hopefully we get some colder weather and I can go in there and pursue that deer. But as of that, man, this season is winding down quickly. It seems like, but we've got, you know, we've got days left to get it done. I think it's going to be a lot of a uh, running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Um, this rain in the forecast doesn't help anything, um, I think these deer are just going to be held up in a small little place. I don't think they're going to be moving a whole lot. So that kind of reverts back to the point that I was making. Like you got to get in there and you got to find where these deer are at because they're not going to be moving a bunch. Even with cameras out, my cameras right now are dead. These deer just are not moving. My city deer, man, that's a whole nother podcast in and of of itself. It's rough. I haven't seen a mature buck on one of my properties since November 11th. And I'll remind you, it's December 20th today. I haven't seen a mature deer on that property since November 11th. And that was the ancient eight. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's just a combination of everything or if they're all dead. I don't know. It's kind of uh, disheartening, really. You put a lot of work into you know finding these deer, getting access to properties, and then they just disappear off you. But we do have some young up and comers for the next couple of years. I, there is hope. Um, we did get hit with a little bit of EHD in that area. I did find a couple of deer. So you know, as much as it would suck to uh, lose some of those deer, have some of those mature deer die off, it may be for the better. You know, you never want to you never want a deer to um, suffer any type of illness, or you know, you want to you want to have that animal be put to use. Um, But nothing is wasted in mother nature. Other things have to eat other than us. Um, So that's kind of unfortunate, but I have talked in the past um, via TikTok and some other social media platforms and some other podcasts I've been on about how we had way too many mature deer running around. It just was like too many mature deer, too many bucks in general. That it was kind of affecting, I think, um, a lot of social pressure. I think it was affecting some of the potential that those deer had. I think they were fighting for resources. Uh, They were always busted up, always breaking antlers. And I don't think they were showing their full potential. So it may be a blessing in disguise. You know, maybe some of these young up and coming deer will uh, have less social pressure now that some of these other bigger, older, mature deer are gone, that they can finally show their full potential. And maybe who knows what can show up. I mean, everybody wants to shoot a big antler deer and I'm. I'm one of those guys. I want to shoot the biggest antler deer I can that's fully mature. But it's a matter of, you know, getting that deer to that age and hopefully that he has the genes and the genetics to do it. And we have, and I have a couple of young deer that have that. Um, one in particular showed up. I've seen him a couple times in person just driving around, and then I actually finally got a trail camera picture of him. He looks like a solid, solid three-year-old. I mean, he's got mass, he's a uh, typical six by six, he's got a couple split. G twos. He's got double split G twos. He's gonna be an absolute giant if he can get to age five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, even. But if that deer's anywhere near 170, 180 inches, at five, at five, four would be tough to let that deer go at four if he's that big. But he's in an area where you know I I can feel confident about passing the deer. Um, so next year's looking encouraging in the city. Other than that, man, I have one other property that I have food on my, 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 uh, turnip plot in the city. Uh, the only mature deer that I've seen up there this year, um, on camera, at least has been skinny and he's been there periodically. Uh, we had a couple, we had a little bit of a snowstorm there earlier in December and he was there periodically, not every day, but every couple days he was there. Uh, never hasn't daylighted yet. He was very, very close one day. About 10, 15 minutes after shooting light, he was in my turnip plot, but I was not able to hunt that day. So right now the agenda for the city is just kind of hoping and praying that either one of the big boys that hasn't shown his face since November, um, shows back up and gets on a consistent pattern or, you know, skinny starts showing himself a little bit more Skinny's a seven and a half year old. He's a clean 10 point. He's got a couple stickers on his bases this year, um, but he did bust off a G3, but he's kind of like. The only deer that I have to hunt right now, the only deer that I know is still alive. So it's kind of, it's, man, I can't really complain about the year that I've had, but it's just like discouraging and disheartening that I've been following some of these deer for years and years on end. And it just, it's kind of a kick in the gut to see some of these deer just disappear and, you know, having that little voice in the back of your head saying, you may never see those deer ever again kind of sucks. Like the G3 buck, he was a fun deer to watch on camera. The Ancient 8, man, a lot of history with that deer. That's the actual last deer that I've seen was November 11th. I saw that deer on camera um, with a doe. Went in there and hunted him. Never saw a deer that night. And then it was just like, after that, cameras died. You know, you get does and young bucks every so often. But man, it's just been a rough, rough year in the city. I've been hunting in the city for six years. This is my sixth year. I've had the opportunity to shoot a buck five years now. I've shot four. This year's number five. And I don't know if I'm going to shoot a buck in the city this year. It's just, I, it, it's nothing I can do. It's it's a waiting game. Um, I'd love, I haven't had an opportunity to shoot a buck in the year this year, but I really haven't hunted it very hard. I was waiting for my number one deer trips to show up and he just never did. And then About the time that I decided that I was going to go out there and chase after some of the other deer, the ancient eight skinny and, uh, the G3 buck, they just, they disappeared. They stopped showing up. I had the G3 buck all the way up through the end of October. I don't know if I had that deer. I don't know if I had a picture of him in in November ever. Um, so kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Can't sit around and mope and complain about not having a deer to shoot. You got to go out there and find them. So I'm going to kind of be putting boots on the ground, even though we've got warmer weather. You never know. You never know when you can be 80 yards from a deer bedded down. Hopefully you sneak into a tree real quiet, like and get up into a tree and that deer stands up out of a bed and you get an opportunity. It can happen super fast. You can't, you can't, you know, be discouraged. You can't sit around and mope and complain that you're not seeing deer. You got to get out there and find something So that's kind of my plan here. Uh, I know this was kind of a little bit of a shorter episode. I think we're we're only at 24 minutes here. So I'm not going to keep you guys too long, but this is just a short little podcast. Kind of keep you guys updated, talk to you about what I was doing for late season. Um, In the future here, I'm going to get my buddy Scott on the podcast. He's the guy that shot an absolute giant um, in October. I think it was October 13th or something like that. He shot a 200 inch deer, unconfirmed, unofficial score, but I scored it. It was 201 and 68, I believe just a giant deer. If you guys want to see pictures of that deer, you can go to whitetailhustler.com and it's on my homepage underneath some of the customer shares. So that's the plan. We're going to try to get Scott on the podcast here next, um, have him kind of go over the history. Um, he's a veteran as well. So we'll kind of go over some of that just kind of get some conversation going on and then he'll get into the story about, about this deer. And you can kind of, you guys can hear the, the story firsthand from him. So without further ado, um, I'm going to end it here for you guys. Just a short little podcast. Hopefully you guys can listen to this on a commute to work or at work or whenever you get time to listen to it, but I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm going to try to be more consistent. I'm I'm still trying to figure out what day would be best to launch episodes every week. I'm going to try to do weekly episodes, whether it's just me rambling like I did in this one, or, you know, I have a guest on. When I have a guest on the podcast, are going to be a little bit longer. Um, I feel like I've been talking for two hours, but I've only been lo- talking for twenty five minutes and twenty nine seconds. So, um, just look forward to that. Hopefully, if you guys have any guest recommendations, um, if you're part of the Facebook group, you know, um, shoot them out on the Facebook group. Say, hey, here's a recommendation for podcast. I'll look them in. I'll look into them. I um, just try to keep it, you know. I'm I'll I'm gonna try to be picky and pick and choose some guys to get onto the podcast. Um, I, I've got a couple in mind. I just gotta gotta reach out to them and see if they're willing to do it. I know one guy. He's a one of my buddies um, that I know of through social media. Seen him a couple times. Talked with him a couple times. Brooke Martin. He's from Pennsylvania. He's an absolute giant killer. Uh, he moved to Iowa and. Shoots Giants every year, man. If you guys don't follow Brooke or if you don't know who Brooke is, maybe I'll try to get him on the podcast here, but I know he's a little bit more of a secretive guy. Um, He's done a couple podcasts with some other people, um, but I think I can sneak him on here. I think I can probably get Brooke Martin on here. But other than that, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to kind of figure out a plan this afternoon for where I want to go out and hunt. It's 1130 right now in the morning, so I'm going to get off here get on some Onyx maps and just trying to find a new piece of public, maybe a little bit closer to home here and, you know, see what I can't stir up in the woods. Hopefully let the old smoke pole ring out tonight. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you guys in the next episode.